Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Every third Thursday, we get to chat with Lee Brova. Danny, she is known as the trust architect. He's a speaker and workshop facilitator on trust. And she is also an author. So check out her book, Trust Me, Restore Belief and Confidence in an Uncertain World and Trusted Secrets from an Inspired Leader. So you can go to her website for that. Go to thetrustarchitect.biz. But her trust, you know, being a trust architect has also led her to become a soul journey doula. And she, so that's a death doula. And she can explain a little bit more about that. We talked about that last month. But, you know, if you're going to have someone help you transition to your next destination, you better have someone you trust, right, Lee? Welcome back. <laughs> yes. And someone who can help you to have this peaceful transition because, like a lot of things that are unknown, and death is kind of the final unknown for many, it can be a little scary. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, today, we're going to be talking, and you can go to souljourneydoula.com for that and learn more how Lee helps people uh, transition. And um, today, you want to talk about what you can learn f- about living from those who are passing and going to their next destination. Yeah. I say the next, you know, when the when the death train shows up you know says come on let's go we're going or the airplane however you want to call it it's time to go um and i think this is so important you've got a great article about it and everyone it's linked from the show notes it's also up on blendradioNTV.com. but i think all of this is so important because you never know when your day is it could be the next day you could go out to go get groceries and something could happen so you, you never really know right yeah, and I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at the fact that, you know, like the whole purpose of me talking about this is not to make people afraid to walk out their door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We don't want that. But it, things happen. And um, yeah. to all ages, you know, death is not just for the elderly. Um, you know, there's just yeah. so many people that, hey, suddenly it's this disease or, you know, there's so many things. Um, but those who suddenly no, then they start well, as a as a death doula, and it's okay to say death doula. I'm not trying to be absolutely, yeah, death up, you know, but I am life doula. Yeah, I always okay. think that you know, like there should be. It'd be lovely if there was a nicer term, but but really, it's okay to like. I'd like everybody to be comfortable with the fact that you're going to die. Everyone's going to die. It's one of those things that happens to everybody, and yet everybody's afraid to talk about it. Everybody's afraid to confront it and make plans for it. Mm. And, you know, part of the reason I do this, I remember having a conversation with my mom about, and this is before I knew anything about the end of life stages or death duel or whatever, and just asked her to do um, just, what is it called? And as soon as, as soon as I said it, of course it jumped out of my brain. But but um, a, like a living like a will. will, yeah, a directive. That's what it's called, a directive. And she went, no, no, and and just you could almost see that I could see the panic on her face. Oh, even talking about it, and I think, wow, you know, it um, it would be great if everybody would just say, okay, I just want it 
to have this conversation so I know it I know what's going to happen yeah and how to help you yeah you know and and what to do so that we carry on what you your wishes you know yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think I might have told you like a, a really good friend of mine when I was going through my whole certification to become an end of life doula I had to work with two people and I do a program called the best three months. And it mm. and it's just, if you were given a diagnosis ex- today and mm-hmm. exactly where you are, it's not like you're planning to be hit by anything, but you go to the doctor, they say you've got three months to live. How are you going to spend those three months? So I create a, a document. So it goes through, um, mental, physical, emotional, practical, and um, gosh, one of those days. So there's the five domains. Yeah. At the end of it, I talked to my friend and when she went into it, I said, how do you feel about the whole aspect of death? And at the beginning, she was terrified. She was probably at an eight or a nine out of 10 Mm -hmm. as far as afraid. And after creating this document and knowing exactly all of the things that she can could control she was at a three so it really is a comfort yeah it's like going through this is what you can do then here's your wishes here's you know what like you're saying practical then there's some things it's like what if you never know you know if you win the lottery like you talk about in your article you know it's i love your article because you talk about things that are real that anyone can do no matter what their financial circumstance is yeah. about living life it's not about having the fancy car it's about you know well you, you never know maybe for somebody right um yeah. you know it's, i don't want a hearse i want a you know lamborghini i don't know <laughs> but but your article is about living yes. and because people as they're on their on their deathbed so to speak they're going dang i wish i'd called my friend um you know maybe or made amends, you know, people have arguments. They always say, don't go to bed angry, right? Yeah. In relationships and people with successful marriages, you know, you ask them, how do you do that? They're like, we don't go to bed angry. I'm like, well, how do you do that? <laughs> I, I want to dig it out to the end. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you argue until six in the morning and you both, what? how do you do that? You know, <laughs> so, it's, so there's certain things about, um, pick up that phone you were talking about in in your article about really enjoying the comfort, the love, but actually knowing who you are. Yeah. And so that's the same thing as when you know, you're going to pass. It's also about the same thing as knowing how to live about who you are. Yeah. It's like the best three months. It's, it's going through all of those areas. And it was Bonnie Ray, who was Mm. um, a hospice nurse in Australia who talked about, and she had attended a lot of deaths. And so she saw this, same thing, the patterns repeating. These were the five biggest regrets that seemed to come up with people after she had observed hundreds. And so, you know, you'll you'll read about them in the article, but it's, I wish I had, and I'm I'm going to read here so you'll see me. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I, I, I talk about there's, there's a, a wonderful young guy that um, he has a dog. I have a dog. We meet in the dog park because our dogs are in love with each other and love to play with each other. And he is taking his, um, he's 
finishing his final exams to become a doctor. And I went, oh, that's fabulous. Like, did you always want to become a doctor? And he laughed and said, no. Oh, man. No, it was um, really pressure from his parents. He wanted to go into acting and, and like, not for a moment would I suggest just, you know, forget about all of the work that you've done and, and go line up in Hollywood and see if you can get a part. But he has this creative side that mm. I really believe needs to be nurtured. So do something like join a, a theater group or join an improv group, just wherever you are in life. I'm not suggesting you give everything up, but live the life that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could be doing something like, make. we've actually interviewed an actor doctor. Like a, 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 well, he's an he's an MD, and and then he wrote all he did exactly. I mean, it's verbatim. It's probably the same guy, except for I know that he doesn't live in Savannah, Georgia, <clears throat> but he he's in Colorado, and he um wanted to be an actor. Was an actor, but ended up being a doctor, and really does care about people. So it's a it's a worthy thing for him to do. And uh, he he was it was a fun fun interview because he was more like a comedic kind of person, and uh, he just you know eventually he he passed through and decided okay I'm not doing this doing that but he wrote books and does some acting things too on the side, and he goes the creativity that he has at your time ends up being something he can utilize for his patients, yeah utilize in doing hey here's a video on you know what happens you know with the bypass surgery or something like that, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. So he's, he's using his creative side and combining that. It sounds like it's, he's combining his medical knowledge with medical creative. writing and actor, all of it. Cool. You get to a certain space where you can have that room or not, depending if you have kids or not, when you get to that space of doing, Oh, this is what I really enjoy. Cause whatever you do in life, it always comes back. Oh, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah, but, you know, me and the music thing. I always wanted to do exactly what we're doing with the music thing, and when I realized, ooh, that's not going to happen the way the path we were on, especially with bandmates like all of them and drugs and craziness and oh, right. you know, the, I was getting the gigs which were magazine clients, and then I'm like, this isn't happening. Then I went off and did my own thing away from them and and rose up in a little bit better in what I was doing and 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 was good at it, really good at it. And could have so done the whole thing. That. You still feed that. I, you know, yeah. Now I interview musicians that. and know their life and what they're going through and creative. And, and I'm not done. I've still got songs I've written that are going to get recorded and all of that. So I'm not done. But it's just some, it, it, you never know what you've done in life that maybe not be what you wanted then that will help you further down the road. Yeah. No? Yeah. You know, the other one, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And and I, I don't include that in my, my article. But when I was doing a class on trust, um, I talked to people and asked about what they wanted um, people to say about them. And it was like doing writing that eulogy. And, and yeah. said, you know, and it came up again and again. I want my family to to say I was a great father, husband and everything. And so with some of these leaders, I would say, so if you went and talked to them and then, and then I'd find out that they're working 
50 hours plus a week. Mm -hmm. And I said, so if you went and talked to your family, would what would they say that like, what are you doing this for? Mm -hmm. And my belief is that most of the time people that the, the child would say, what's really important to them is being successful at work, making yeah. money. It wouldn't be me. Mm -hmm. And so when, when you look at working so hard, it, did you ever hear that story about someone going up to a fisherman and saying, you know, he was in this beautiful tropical island and, and someone was holidaying and said, you know, if you worked really hard and, and spent all, like saved all your money, then you could have a boat and then you could, you could have a fleet. And, and he was going on and, and the fisherman kept saying, well, why would I want to do that? And he said, well, then you could, you could um, retire and you could relax. And he said, I already have that. Mm, exactly. So I'm not saying it as well, but, but why do you want to work really hard? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it for the recognition? Is it for your family? Like understand. And when you start realizing that a lot of people have said, I wish I wouldn't have worked so hard because if they're doing that, instead of enjoying their family, instead of having their relationships, instead of enjoying life and looking, you know, how many times do you see somebody filming a beautiful mm -hmm. sunset instead of enjoying a beautiful sunset? Yeah, I've, I've had that, you know, I've had it like where a bald eagle's flown by me and I'm so busy watching the bald eagle that I forgot to film it. And that's part of my job too. But you know what I mean? So it's, it's an interesting thing and I think through COVID that's become a very big topic of discussion of go back to work and what is your um time management time management is right. crucial and how much are we are we really doing are we productive in those 50 hours or could you be just as productive in 30 hours and a yeah. lot of times you'll find out you can be more productive it's how your focus is but if you're running yourself ragged you're doing it's taking you longer to get your work done yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> as a procrastinator, I can tell you that when I have two weeks to do something, it seems like I still get all of the best work done in the two days before it's due. Yeah. So no, I know. I know. I understand. I, I live on deadlines, but it's like the deadlines in your face. You're like, oh, I'm going to go have a glass of wine on the deck. I'll get there. I'll get up early yeah. in the morning. And I do. But and then part of my excuse, I don't know if you do this, part of my excuse is that I say, oh, but I'm being more creative because I'm thinking about what I need to do. Exactly. Well, that's okay. Yeah. If you're thinking about it and if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to what you said about when you think about who you are. You know, when you know when you do that as writing your eulogy. I just read a, an article, and I can't remember the, the guy's name, but he's one of the top recruiters in, in the country, in the world. Like he's hired over 30,000, 40,000 people. And the question he's learned now to ask is, who are you? Like, tell me who you are. What, you, what do you do? You know? And um, he goes, people will start going, well, I ran this, I did that. And he's like, that's not who you are. Tell me, who you, tell me about who you are. Wow. And it's the people who go, oh, you know what? I have experienced this. I am um, like, I could tell you that I am 
a badass driver. I have driven this country back and forth. I have, you know, gotten away with, you know, I've we've had so many near-death experiences and I've made sure that we didn't get any crashes or, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, if someone was going to hire me to be a truck driver, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe not. I probably shouldn't say badass while you're, you know, trying to get hired, but I don't want to be hired by anyone yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not done with what we're doing, but you know what I mean? So it's like, instead of going, here's my years of experience, talk about who you are. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it'd be interesting, because my answer would be, um, I'm a person who feels deeply and tries to be kind, sometimes I succeed. Mm-hmm. And there's other times when I can be impatient. So, you know, it, it's interesting, because that one of the things that I wrote about is I wish I had one of the regrets that people had is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. And I came from a family, and I think part of it has to do with age, is that um, you didn't talk about your feelings. You were allowed to be sad, mad, or glad, and that that was about it. Yeah, so um, talking about expressing your feelings, how many times did we, you know, like, meet someone, you're like, woo, 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 and then you just kind of was like, oh, I'm too shy. And then you always want, you know, the one that got away. Like, you don't have that problem, but, you know, some of us do. Yeah, Yeah, but part of that, I I think I I wrote there that, you know, I met my husband and he was, we met in a bar. This is before you could swipe right or swipe left or whatever. And um, he is seven years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And my family, I think, were um, a little appalled. And it's surprising because I came from a blue collar family. Rick came from a European, very academic family. His father had his PhD, I think, in in geology, and his mother had three or four degrees, and they all spoke, like, millions of languages. And the families were so different. There was an age difference. And Rick and I traveled. Like, we ended up traveling across Africa and Europe together, and we got married in a little place in in Europe. And I know... It's because my family probably would have interfered more than his, which is surprising. You would have thought well, that he would have yeah. said, you're not the ideal daughter-in-law. But no, it was it was my family. And a lot of it um, was around expressing, part of it was expressing feelings and not being comfortable with differences. You know, it was... Hmm this is this makes us uncomfortable and this family might make us uncomfortable <clears throat> and so it was being comfortable ignoring opinions and just feeling especially for thought. parents yeah <clears throat> yeah that's hard but you you didn't you've been together for a while 40 years Happily. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so do you go to bed angry at each other at night i don't think so no no actually no, no. Like we, obviously there's been times when we, we don't always agree. What we do is that um, I know that like we're safe talking about uncomfortable things with each other, which I couldn't do with my family. I still can't do Uh it with my family. All of a sudden, if, if I, there's a confrontation with the family, everybody just shuts down and they don't talk for quite a while. And that's how my family deals with any conflict. 
is yeah. you just don't talk about it because it's unpleasant. Do you know what? That's kind of a generational thing too, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So it's getting comfortable being able to talk about uncomfortable feelings and expressing your feelings and expressing things that, you know, well, actually, no, that's not what I want to do. That doesn't feel right to me. And actually what you said makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. So, you know, being able to say things like that. Yeah, no, I think that's important. After all, that's why Charles Wright wrote the song Express Yourself. Yeah. You know, it's one of my favorite songs. Well, it's true. It is. And, and if you don't express yourself in business, in life, Hello, nah, nah. You can be an introvert and still express yourself. Yeah, yeah. And we talked a little <clears> bit about <throat> the lottery question. Mm -hmm. And what would you do if you won the lottery? And you know, do you want a list? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? Yeah, seriously, I, I am interested. What would you want? Um, <clears throat> you know, they're pretty happy. You know, obviously, you know. I need to get a new suitcase. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> Maybe some further destinations of travel. Um, a new camera is good, you know. Some oh, I'm gonna get some new recording gear. Like I, not, not a lot. No, no not really, because we're we're not stuff people, and you know, it's like yeah. if we're trap, you know. Um, but there'd be stuff like, oh yeah, pay some bills down, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, beyond that kind of stuff, yeah, it's really about just keep doing the experiences and, you know, probably work with some nonprofits and stuff like that. Do some yeah. more good that way. But I would kind of reinvest into everything we do. Yeah, I'm so bored. That's, that's a boring ex That's a boring answer. It is and it isn't because what it tells me is that you're already living a life that you really love. Like, yeah, I mean, for, it is. For people yeah. who haven't, like, don't know you and Nancy, the fact that you, like, travel across the country. Yeah. For, you, and this is getting into the second year or the third? We've been doing this since 2013 on and off. And then the last... <clears throat> our tour started in 2012 but we were still based in tucson so 2013 summer we were on the road for i think three to four years then we needed to stop for a couple years because all of our websites and all of our work had to be revamped and redone it was just a big change in the internet and so then we did that and then gave everything away again and hit the road again and so we've been on the road now since 2019 Wow. So, yeah. So you're already living the life that you want. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's some, I think, you know, everybody in budgets, you budget things, right? So you'd maybe not go to like a fancy dinner every week or something like that every day or whatever. But yeah. so there'd be a little bit more of, oh, yes, we're on this a little bit more than that. But that's, but that's it. I mean, really. Yeah. You know, it's you interesting know? because I would add one to Bonnie Ray from her list on um, <clears throat> biggest regrets. I think that now people would say, I regret spending so much time on social media. Oh, yeah. You talked about that in your article. I think it, where's the true connection? Yeah. Right. And, and But then countering that, I've got really good friends I've made from social media. Yeah. But you do want to meet. 
you know? But when I talk about it, um, we were talking briefly, like people obviously didn't hear our conversation before. Like there's things on the news that I, I click on it really quickly and then I shut it down because if I read all of the, all of the crap that's going on right now, I think I'd be pretty unhappy. So when I take talk about, yeah, I love, I love um, social media for connecting me with family and friends. I love the fact that my granddaughter lives, what, 3,000 miles away or more, 5,000, whatever it is. And yet I can talk to her um, every exactly. day or every day if I want. And she, she gets to know me. Those are the positive things of staying connected. Mm. So it's being able to use it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And get off yeah. all the, the, the crap stuff. Well, I think it's called, you know, there's a balance to it. And I think everything you're talking about is like these regrets that people have. I think yeah. travel is one of them. Some people don't want to travel, which that's a fear thing. I really believe that or financial fear kind of thing. And nowadays, like, you know, Nancy and I pets it as we travel right now. If we won the lottery. I can guarantee you would still do it because we're with animals that we love yeah. and we've made amazing friends out of it. You know, I think we take longer breaks in between because it's about balance. <clears throat> and that's something you talk about is taking time out Yeah, because you have to, even with what we do, like just before we got here to, we were recording in Wisconsin, we took four days. We didn't plan anything. And we actually thought we were supposed to go somewhere. And then that changed. And it was the 4th of July. <clears throat> we drove out of a pet sit. And I'd already planned that, hey, we're not doing anything at this time anyway. And we just went to parks. We did what we wanted, where we wanted, when we wanted. <clears throat> we were only driving, what, 10? The trip was only about 10, 11 hours. As a, if you needed to really get there, you could do it. And we just took our time and went to all these parks. Cool. We watched birds, butterflies. <clears throat> we went to lakes. We, I mean, it was gorgeous, you know, and we had a great time. And I think you need to step away. Like even what we do, if you did pet sitting every single day, eventually you're still doing stuff, right? <clears throat> so I think it's important for people when they're looking at what they want in their life to also break away completely and just have that spontaneity yeah. of not over like like the winning lottery thing and all of that if you over plan stuff you're actually stressing yourself out so yeah. to sometimes take some spontaneous time off where you just don't plan i have a friend who's changing careers and everything and she says you know what i'm not even looking at my next choice of what I'm doing for a month. I'm just taking me time. I'm going to do exactly what I want when I want for this month. It was the best thing for her. Yeah. It didn't last very long because she, she, she's, a, you know, like us, you know, she has to get into something, but have that um, breathing space. If you can get, I don't care if it's 15 minutes a day, if you can have those moments yeah. to reconnect. And I think when you talk about social media and the news, the busyness of careers, all those little seconds get taken away from you from who you are as an individual yeah. and 
why you're even living. Are you happy? Do you even check in to see if you're happy? I can guarantee you the majority of people are so busy with families and doing for others. How many times do they ever check in to see if they're happy? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the, the, the final points is, you know, letting yourself be happy. Mm-hmm. And it, like years ago, um, I spoke at a conference at Harvard and there was one of the representatives was from China and she asked to interview me. Now I was speaking on trust. So I thought, well, she'll obviously talk to me about the work that I do in trust, but no, the first question she said is, um, what do you know of happiness? And it was like, Oh, okay. Well, so it's, you know, when you're put on the spot. And so um, I talked, And it always stayed with me that my answer then would be the same now, that allowing yourself to feel the happiness when it's happening, to relive it later, because so many times we don't realize that what we're seeing, and it's not even usually the things that make me the happiest, are some of the simplest things. Well, you talk about the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? it goes right back to that. Yeah. You know, you, you're standing somewhere and you're just sitting there. And you know, when you, it just feels like it's going right to your heart and you're looking at it and going, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And actually standing there and not allowing any interruptions and just enjoying it. Exactly. And, and then later when you go to bed, just say, okay, what were the what were the moments that I had today that were like that feeling of happiness that just came mm-hmm. over? Me? And even if it's like if you have to think about it, that's okay. It could be um, that when I was walking the puppy the other day, there was a little girl who came up and said, "Can I pet your puppy?" And of course. Bella's all over it, wants to run up and jump on her. And she was as big as this little girl. So I kind of held her back. But she had almond butter all over her fingers, this little girl. Oh. And she just put her hands out. And Bella started licking them. And this sweet little girl said, thank you for cleaning my hands, puppy. Oh, that's cute. And it was just this really sweet moment because Bella all of a sudden sat and behaved and it, there was just this wonderful little interaction between this little girl and this very young puppy. And later reliving it, it just made me it's happy. It well, yeah, because we happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, the happiness is a little bit different than gratitude, too. You know, there's a, you know, what are you grateful for? But happy, the happy factor is it's actually a really big deal. You know, because I also think there's, like I was saying, the survival mode pretty much. And then there's like, oh, we want to thrive. Okay, thrive versus survive and all those, you know, terms and all of that. But just simple happiness is is it, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we just did a, a pet sit and we, we love these two dogs. It was a golden retriever and a staffy, um, Luna and, uh, and my, uh, not Milo, Zeus. And last time we sat them, same time last year. I went to go feed the bird bath that uh, would fill it with water and they went nuts because of the water. And so Luna, the little staffy starts jumping and snapping at the water, just biting at it. And now it became a big thing in the yard. So I filmed it. As soon as we got there to this pet that they remembered us, 
It was a year later. I mean, it's amazing, which makes me happy when the animals, that's happiness to me. It's like, hey, you're back, you're back. Well, this is how I really knew they remembered us, not just happy to see us. We went outside in the back to make sure everything was still the same in the yard with the pet parents. And Luna and Zeus go running out. They ran to the hose. Luna put her muzzle on the hose, looked up at me like, come on. <laughs> and so now they're doing that with her and, and, and Zeus. Um, they're now playing hose with them. And oh, so, of course, cute. as soon as everyone left, we're like, let's run outside. And, uh, and then I next, you know, you feel like you're three years old. You know, they're so happy. You're happy. And it's just simple pleasure. And again, not costing anything. Well, water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Those oh, simple things. Goodness, that was the whole reason I started running when I, you know, and I'm not running like I used to. Um, but it it always made me feel like I was like a, a little kid when you could run along the street. Yeah. And just do it. And, and that was the whole thing for me. I never expected to win a race and it wasn't for fitness. It just felt so freeing and made me huh. so happy just to, to run and run and run and run. So, yeah. Yeah, this is just interesting things. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you wish when, you, when you're at, at your end of your life, did you just, you know, jump in that puddle? Yeah. What held you back? I jumped in the puddle. I'll still do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, Lisa, I still think you're jumping in puddles. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a, that's really it. Jump in the puddle in life, you know? Yeah. Like those moments. You talk about loved ones, though. I think that's a, a crucial thing, too. Yeah, for people. Was yeah. that one of the things as, as being the soul journey doula, you know, working with people on their end of life stages is to sort out relationships. You know, it's important to do it before yeah. the end if you can. Yeah, although um, mm. sometimes it's helping people be okay with whatever the relationship is. Because at the end of your life, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, everything is going to be okay. If you've been estranged from a relative, mm -hmm. you don't always have the control. There's two people in the relationship. They might not want to have anything to do with you. And so it, it, it's helping people get to a place of being okay, wherever they are. Mm. So it's, you know, you, you learn something from that relationship. Mm. You realize that you still have this, huge heart that still holds them in a special place and you know like rituals have a lot of place at, at the end of life and so sometimes it's just allowing them to release any of those emotions that might not be resolved around um, around people you know I don't know about you but we've got relatives that we're estranged from and I sure. don't think that um if I, if I called them and said, you know, I've got a, um, a terminal diagnosis, <clears throat> I don't know if they'd say anything but piss off. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. I think um, it, it's about, like, to me, if you're not, if someone's not in your life and you've had to close a door on it, there's people in life where, you know, Nancy and I both said, okay, that is not a healthy yeah. place, right? Now, if that person came and said, hey, I need to make amends, which has happened. Um, you, you look at um, someone going to AA, as soon as they stop, you know, alcohol and addiction, 
one of the right. first things is to make amends. And it's not necessarily anything about like if someone makes amends with you in that situation, it's either a letter or a phone call. Like I did this and this. I just want to tell you, I'm really, really sorry. I'm doing things to be better now. Yeah. And that's, that's really all someone can do, but they're not necessarily there to go, okay, now let's have another relationship. Right. Yeah. It's really to get this, get closure on something and it allows people to have forgiveness. Yeah. You know? So I think it's that like there's people definitely in family and stuff like that. I'm like, mm -mm. you know, it's, it, there's about, is it something healthy for you or not? And I think that's, a, it, you should never feel guilty about walking away from a toxic situation. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And if someone said this to me and I might've used, might've said it to you before, but everybody thinks that there's Cinderella and the others are the ugly stepsisters. And sometimes, you know, like sometimes um, I'm never wearing those damn shoes. Listen, they'll break. <laughs> just saying, so I can't wear the ugly stepsisters. And so it's just saying, okay, that's, that was my reality in this past life. And if you believe in a second life, then maybe you've got an opportunity to make amends. And if you don't, that's okay. But it's just being at peace with what your life has been. And that's right. what an end of life doula helps is mm. go through these, these times and find ways of doing rituals and peaceful places. And maybe it can be something as simple as I, like I've told you that I'm training Bella to be a therapy dog, whether or not she will, because she's pretty rambunctious. And she's a puppy. She's a puppy. But, you know, sometimes giving people that peace might be just having a, a puppy lying next to them with their head on their shoulder. And maybe that will bring them peace. Right. There's so many different love. ways. Yeah. Unconditional love. And isn't that mm -hmm. what is beautiful to, to be able to say, um, this brings me happiness. So it's a kind of like we, we kind of went full circle. I, I want people to if they take something away from this to sit back and say, okay, what is it that I still want to do? Mm -hmm. And, and how do I incorporate happiness. it? Yeah. <clears throat> rate your and happiness. I, like if I don't have this huge, like I still have to work. And so I don't have an ability to just take off and travel, then do the staycation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's don't let, you know, that there's that survive money thing, you know, don't rob a bank. That's not a good idea. No. But, you know, there's ways to do things. It is those simple pleasures and just allow them in your life. You don't have to go around the world. You just allow those little things where you can, even if it's a five minutes a day. Yeah. You know, I know people Maybe. put up a poster, you know, they put up <clears throat> a poster of the Eiffel Tower and then they've just, they've done pretend like I am going to pretend I'm in Paris for the day and yeah, and I'm going to eat this and I'm going to um, speak with yeah. her. like whatever you need to do to have that experience. I remember Nancy telling me a story. Um, it was a lady who's, who's disabled and, you know, financially didn't have the money to travel the world like she wanted to. She went online. See, this is where the, the internet is cool in, in a lot of ways. It's like, yeah, without all the bickering, she went online and 
used Google Earth or Google Maps and went everywhere around the world and started taking the photos. And I think she published a book or something. Oh, cool. But she went everywhere. She just would go from one place to the other and travel around. On Google. And, yeah. That's I mean, brilliant. isn't that pretty cool? Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to this swamp. I'm going to, you know, the Daintree Rainforest in Australia. Okay, now I'll go to Tasmania. Yeah. Let's go, and it's things like that. Like, there's webcams and national parks. There's, there's so many ways to do it. But going back in that full circle, mom, like with Bella, the therapy dog, you know, and, and going back to the, the gentleman in the park who wanted to be, he's working to become a doctor. When, when we had our band, one of the things we did is to do as a dress rehearsal kind of thing is we went and performed in nursing homes. Now, our band was had rock and blues, and we could tone it down a little. But to see the joy. Now, you're doing this for money, right? But you're getting your skills together. Right. And, of course, now half the band's pissy because, well, I had to pay guest money to get here. And I'm like, well, you know, you either invest in this or you don't, you know. You know, so it was one of those things. But you would see people be happy and you don't know what their life was like. You don't know if the person that's got tears running down his face that looks really joyous to hear a song from the past. You don't know if he was mean. We have no idea, you know, and if he got some peace out of it, that's cool. Yeah, you know, so you never know it, it. It's not always about the money, though. We all need to have a little bit of it. You know, you want to pay your bills and yeah, be able to afford things, you know, not you know what I mean? So I'm not knocking money whatsoever. I like money. Yeah, We're entrepreneurs here. I'm like, you can give it to me. I, yeah. If you want me to have the lottery, I'll, I'll take it. One of you my know. memories in my like this was when my mother was still able to talk she had she died of alzheimer's and she was in a wheelchair but she, we could have kind of a conversation and someone came and played music and i took her and i said mom would you like to dance and she said yes and i took her wheelchair out and we danced around the floor Aww. and it brought her so much joy having you know and they were playing music from her era. Oh my God, it must yeah. have been 40s or 50s. And we danced around the dance floor. And I can tell you, it just brought her so much joy. So, you know, that was, I love hearing that you did that. Yeah, there's, there's stories like that. And I think that's why a lot of musicians do perform is that connection. And yeah. to see that kind of thing. I we did a gig at a horse camp every New Year's. Seriously. It, and for the equestrian. And man, do those people party don't mess with horse people. And I mean, we were doing a sound check with Mustang Sally and these people were getting, it was in the clubhouse. They were getting the food out. Next thing you know, they were doing a conga line. We're going, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. What the hell are you doing? No, nope. they they were, they're like, we're ready to party now. And we're all looking at each other going, "Uh Oh, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. Well, there, it was, um, there was a lady there. And I, I love the song Moonglow, and we got the band to try to learn how to play, and they butchered it, really. The one guitarist just bleh, killed it, you know. But we got through the song, and this elder couple, it turned out it was like their wedding song, or it was something very sentimental for them. And oh. she hadn't gone up and danced for years. And it was like, I, I can't remember if she had a stroke. There was something. 
but it was she was the happiest that she had been hearing that song and being with her husband and dancing. And I think it was like not even a week or two later she passed. Uh-huh. And that they're saying that's one of her moments, you know. So it's those things that matter. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It's yeah, happiness is good. Yeah. Watching blue herons fly over a lake is amazing. Yeah. Those you are know, those double happiness. The, the yeah, joy. and that's the thing. Like the if I won the lottery, like I said, working with nonprofit, I'd go and save as much land as I possibly could. Yeah. But do like it, I mean, we'd have to have Buku money like Patagonia and you know, the company taking their profits and buying all that land to yeah, save the nature. Cool. That's exact. I would do something like that if I could. Cool. Wouldn't that be epic to yeah. go just, that's it. Save this mountain. No one can drill it and take all the water or whatever. Save the mountain. Yeah. I'd do that. Yeah. You know, that'd be cool. good. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool conversation, Lee. Cool. Let's all go be happy. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. All right. Oh, okay. Right. okay. We have a margarita now. I might cough then. Sorry about that. Sorry about the coughing in the background there, people. Um, can't help it. <clears throat> yeah. I got, I got a little thing on my throat here. But well, everyone, I think it's a good idea that we both go have a margarita. And next time you're in Savannah, um, I know a place where we can, they had jalapeno margaritas, which were really good. Oh, I'd like that. I, you know, I like some spice. Yeah. That makes you happy. I'm yeah. all in. Uh, okay. Well, maybe we'll see you before we head um, west this year. So we we will. It's a very good possibility. Sounds so good. everyone, souljourneydoula.com is a website. And um, in the show notes, I'll also put a link to Lee's interview from last month where she explains what a soul, uh, soul journey doula or death doula does. And you can also keep up with her at the trustarchitect.biz. And honestly, I just want to say this one thing. She always talks about the five tenets of trust. and that really is a lot of what we talked about today, but you've got to look at it for yourself. You know, Absolutely. when we talk about caring, that's caring for yourself and your loved ones, commitment to yourself and happiness, consistency and happiness. How about that? Competence. Yeah. If you get competent in what you're supposed to do, it makes life a lot easier yeah. and happier. Right. And then in closing communication, very important. So thanks so much, Lee. You take care. Thanks, Lisa. Take care of yourself. I hope your cough gets goes away. Yeah, it's that weather thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay.